Hello, world again. Welcome to the Master Degenerate Podcast. I'm your host, the Master Degenerate. We appreciate you being with us. We appreciate you hopefully getting some wins, some dubs, some information, some cliff notes, everything you need. Um, but just thank you uh, to start. Obviously, I do not have a guest right now. Uh, we had some torrential downpouring here in uh, the great state of I'm in. Unfortunately, that guest had an issue. Um, That's okay. We forgive him. We'll get him on the next time. Not a problem. With that being said, next episode, there is a 97% chance I'm going to have a guest at least one. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about the NCAA. Going to be a longer episode, obviously. Um, We maybe split those up. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll go through with it. No worries. This episode is about NCAA week number one. Going to be an awesome episode. Hopefully stick around. Hopefully get some dubs. Hopefully fade, follow. I don't care. But let me just start with what I learned from our week zero games. Now, this new clock rule where the on first downs, the clock doesn't stop. I didn't even realize how much of a problem it's going to be and how much it actually affected the game. Little backstory here. I was at a bachelor party this last weekend and we went to a bar to watch and catch the very first game, which was Notre Dame uh, Navy. Once we sat down, we got a beer. I had a beer in my hand, watched kickoff. And by the time the ball kicked off and I finished my beer, the first quarter was over. That's how quick it went. And I wasn't just getting a beer to just gently drink a beer. I was trying to get drunk. That was how fast I was drinking that beer. And I finished it and the first quarter was over. Boom. So it's going to have an effect. It already has had an effect. The games that played and the teams that played in week zero had far less plays per game than they did the previous year, which is a super interesting fact. Now, will it affect heavy running teams? I would think it would. Um, I would think it absolutely would affect heavy running teams. Maybe when, when they get to that second down and they're second and eight and it's deeper in the third quarter, Maybe they're not so reluctant to pass and they continue to just drain the clock down. It'll be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Probably won't know for three to four weeks to see if it affects the betting trends and what effect it might have. Now, granted, this isn't a brand, this isn't a new thing. The NFL does this. So we have some data on it. It's just different and interesting to see at the NCAA level what's going on. Like I said, I don't. We're not going to probably notice this for three to four weeks from the betting end. But what I'm going to do is, at least these next two or three weeks, bet first quarter unders. It seems like um, not every game in the week zero, but majority of the games hit the first quarter under. So I think maybe we try to find a trend, and maybe that's the trend. 
We will see. But let's first talk about how we did last week. Not great. You know, not bad, though. We didn't lose the house. We kept it going. We had some wins. We had some overwinds. We had some things not go our way. Uh, We had a lot of different things happen that we can't predict. But we didn't lose the house, which is awesome. So we can bet more. Our wives aren't yelling at us. And we can still get the kids shoes for Christmas. Not a problem. My big surprise, though, this last week zero was Notre Dame. I didn't understand exactly how good their running game was going to be. And it was really good. They got some beef up front. Their two running backs, or maybe even three running backs, were 20 pounds heavier than anybody even on Navy's team. They were rattling off six, seven, eight yards a game, or not a game, per carry. Six, seven yards a game would suck. Six, seven yards per carry like it was nothing. And Navy had zero, I mean zero answer for it. Sam Hartman, on the other hand, looked okay. Didn't look great. Did did what he needed to do against a Navy secondary that was supposed to be good, Ryan. You said that. I know I did. And they were supposed to be good. But that running game kind of fucked things up. But Sam Hartman didn't look like Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. He kind of he had right reads, uh, but his ball looks like dead, like flat. like It, it comes out with no heat on it. I don't think he had it at Wake Forest, but it just didn't seem as prevalent because of he was having good seasons over and over again. I don't know. He he looked it's something to watch for. Um he looked a little bit off. But let me just jump into these games and know it's what you're here for. I'm going to give you four games. I'm going to hold one game, my best bet. I don't maybe not my best bet, but a good bet, top 2 bet of mine for this week. I'm going to hold it. I'll tell you why in the back end here. But let's start with, in no particular order yet, the first game I got is Toledo at Illinois. Illinois is minus 9.5. Over-unders at 45.5. Important note on that, it opened at 53. So it has come down heavy. This is a Saturday night game at Illinois. The Orange Crush are going to be rocking that place. It's going to be loud. It's going to be dirty. Hopefully no rain. It's going to be a good game. This is, this will be a fun game to watch. And let me start with Toledo. Uh, Toledo is projected to win the MAC just as they did last year. They're returning most of their production on offense. Their QB they have back, and uh, he should be a little bit more accurate than last year. And they are returning a more cohesive offensive line. Last year, their offensive line was um, they had they were shuffling guys around left and right. They they bet on the line. They bet on the defensive line. They lost a couple guys in the last fall or spring practice, so they had to shuffle some guys around. Nonetheless, 
they will have a more cohesive unit up front to protect that quarterback and make that running game go. Defensively, they are going to be really solid still. They have a returning defense ranked in the top 15 by most metrics and most categories. However, there is one category they will suffer in, and that's special teams. They're breaking a new kicker. Does that mean he's going to be bad? Not necessarily. Um, he, he might be pretty good, but I'm not worried about when he's whether it's accurate right away. I need him clutch in those moments that you need to be clutching. We will see, but I think that's going to be Toledo's downfall. Let me move on to Illinois now. Um, Illinois last year probably know that they've had a top five defense. They had two main defensive backs in Jartavius Martin and Devin Witherspoon. Both of the sides of the ball are going to be depleted this year. Their defense and their offense. They lost a great running back. His name is escaping me, but he was a fantastic running back. Almost beat my Michigan Wolverines just by him alone. Um, so with everything depleted, they're still going to have a, a a Brett Bielema offense where they just kind of road grade you. They don't really know what they're going to do on quarterback. With that being said, I think what we're going to do, you probably already can feel this Toledo. We're taking Toledo Toledo plus nine and a half. Also remember, take the first quarter under, which is at nine and a half. So let me repeat that for you. Toledo plus nine and a half. And take the first quarter under nine and a half. We're going to try to ride the trend and see if it's a true trend in the first quarter under. All right, let's move on. We're going to move on to my next game. Again, this is not in a particular ranked order. We're moving on to West Virginia at Penn State. The line sits right now at minus 20 and a half. This opened at Penn State minus 18, 17 and a half, somewhere around there. It's now Penn State minus 20 and a half. Over-under has been pretty steady. It's at 15 and a half. It's maybe bounced a point or two uh, up or down, but not much moving on that. First quarter under, again, we're going to play it. We're not going to bet a lot on it. We're going to sprinkle a little bit and maybe throw it in a little parlay. Uh, is first quarter's under 10, so we'll sprinkle a little on that too. Let me start with Penn State. Penn State is a team that's poised to take a step forward. They were pretty good last year. They had some good moments, some bad moments. They were up in the top of the Big Ten. Um, They were a good team. They had some great moments. They have explosive players. Defensively, they were great in the trenches. They had the best secondary in college football. They have many defense uh, Manny defense, Manny Diaz as their defensive coordinator. He should be called Manny Diaz defense, though. That's a nice name for him. Manny defense uh, may not be a good head coach, but a damn good defensive coordinator. Really good at creating havoc, and it shows. They they have playmakers on defense and offense. Um, offensively, they're returning Nick Singleton um, and a great line. They're also returning. In totality, 85% of their starting their their yards gained. 
They have a new-ish quarterback in Al Drew Aller. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry, Pennsylvania people. Alar, Aller, Alar. He should take a step forward. He he came in the last couple games, maybe not even the last couple, maybe the last five games last year. Was pretty good. He is supposedly their next big thing, their next huge, nice quarterback. Will it pan out? Maybe, but they have a damn good team anyway. Um, he has a lot around him to be successful. He has James Franklin, who's been pretty successful with quarterbacks. Um, nothing to write home, boy, but they've had pretty good quarterback play uh, in the last five, six years. Now, West Virginia, on the other hand, they are expected to be in the bottom, 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 bottom of the Big 12. They are returning a lot of players, and maybe that gives them some some balance, some some upkeep, some you know, some hope. But I don't know. They they don't have uh, much talent. There's a lot of unknowns at the QB position. Um, they do have a running back in C.J. Donaldson coming back, who should be an All Conference selection. Whether he is or not is going to be solely dependent on how they do as a team. And again, they're not supposed to be a great team. So they're going to try and do what most bad teams with an upbeat offense to try to throw teams off. You will see a lot of upbeat um, gameplay from West Virginia it's a it's a nice offensive scheme again if you don't have a whole lot of talent, which they don't. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But my inclination is that Penn State is just too damn good of a team. Maybe the up tempo gets in the first couple drives, but I would not be surprised if West Virginia doesn't score more than ten points. Not surprised at all. With that being said, we're going to take Penn State minus 20 and a half. I feel very comfortable with this. This is one of those lines that may get into 21, 22 territory by Saturday. Still not scared of it at that point. And again, we're going to bet the first quarter under, which was at what's the first quarter? Oh, uh, 10 points. Wait, let me make sure. Yeah, first quarter's under 10. So we're going to do the first quarter under 10. We're going to do Penn State minus 20 and a half. And we're going to take it to the bank, baby. We're going to run it. Take it to the bank. All right, moving on. We got my next game. I like this game. If I'm ranking them, it's probably my top one. I'm a little scared of it, but I... This is what this is the first game that actually caught my eye, and I'm like, oh my god, this is a good one for us. Now, does that mean it's too good to be true? I don't know, but every metric and everything I see points me in the direction that I'm going to give you. The game is UTSA at Houston. UTSA right now, currently minus one and a half. The over under is set at sixty. Uh, it hasn't moved all that much. First quarter under 
13. We like that number. Now, let me start with Houston. Let me start, obviously, with the most important part of this is that they lost probably the best quarterback wide receiver duel in the country last year in Clayton Toon and Tank Dell, both in the NFL, both going to be probably starting first week. But they're going to be a damn good team. Uh, Damn good, not damn good team, damn good players in the NFL. They're on good teams, though, too. They got a transfer quarterback. Uh, Houston got a transfer quarterback from Texas Tech to run Dana Holgerson's offense, which is very quarterback-friendly offense. But they still have a lot of holes on both sides of the ball to fill. Their defense was atrocious last year. They ranked 100-plus in, in most categories. They got a couple pieces of help from various SEC and Big Ten teams. Is it going to help a lot? I don't know. You know, some help is better than none help, obviously, but that's a lot to fill. Now, UTSA, on the other hand, has a great coach and great coaching staff. I'm not saying Houston doesn't, but they have a they've had a wonderful coaching staff, and they have had a wonderful starting quarterback because this is his seventh season. Frank the Tank Harris is back for his seventh season after getting the NIL bag. He got the money. So he came back. Um, They have plenty of steady returning offense and defense. Um, They lost their offensive coordinator, which is an important note, um, to Oregon. I think, though, with Frank's experience and the coaching staff overall, I think this is a pretty easy one for me. There are some unknowns with Houston's offense, uh, especially in the quarterback play, but I think we still ride UTSA minus one and a half. We're going to ride the back of Frank the Tank. He's going to roll us right into the winner's circle and take that money. We're also going to take the first quarter under 13, ride the trend. Let's take it to the bank. Let's win some money. Let's love it, and let's move on. All right, moving on. Now, this game, I shouldn't say this game. This team is one that I love. I will explain in a second. Bowling Green at Liberty. Liberty minus 9.5. The over-under is set at 50. The first quarter under is 10 and a half, which is not a bad first quarter under. Let me start with Bowling Green. Bowling Green uh, is, again, bottom-dwelling MAC team. We love those bottom-dwelling teams to play against. They lost seven starters on defense along with their defensive coordinator from an already shit, shit defense. Now, does the new blood in the program make them better? I don't know. You know, maybe in the short term, maybe they get a little bump. Who knows? Obviously, they return top talent at the wideout and running back uh, position. But they have transfer QB battle going right now. They have a lot of unknowns that that are tough to bet on. Especially in the first game, you don't have any clue what's going on. But it's just a shit team. 
Now, I have said that before, so I don't want this to be a continuing trend, but they were terrible last year. They haven't done much to improve. So let me move on to Liberty and tell you why I love them. Liberty is going to be the favorite in the Conference USA. They should win it or be very, 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 very close. And they have one of the more... I don't even say more, most unique, non-predictable offenses in the country. And not just because it's it's an option, triple option. No, they run a lot of weird formations. They run a lot of weird passing formations. Just a lot of different things that most teams don't see and it's hard to prepare for. And it's a fun offense to watch. They don't have a quarterback yet. There's a current battle going on. But when they do, that quarterback will have tons of weapons around him to make a huge impact right away. They have a transfer from Wake Forest and West Virginia. Their defense returns 90% of the starters on a team that finished 25th against the pass. And really, 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 really good against tackling for loss. My lean in this game, again, I like Liberty a lot. So my lean is going to be Liberty minus nine and a half in the first quarter under, which is 10 and a half right now. Again, one more time, Liberty minus nine and a half. And we'll take that first quarter under 10 and a half and we'll take it to the bank. We'll make some money. Going to be a good day. All right. Pending another flood. I'm going to have guests next episode. I'm going to have a much longer episode. Again, I'm trying to build this this up. I want to give it to you small and very small doses and slowly increase the podcast length. I feel like 20 minutes to 30 minutes is a nice trip in your car, uh, maybe to the store, maybe to work. Uh, Maybe you're coming home on Friday and you need a couple of cliff notes for the morning games. So I try to keep these first couple in that 30-minute range. Uh, But next episode will be longer. It'll be between NCAA and NFL. Again, I might try to block them and, and put one episode out first and then another episode. But it just depends how off or on track we get. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I do have one more bet. I'm actually going to hold on to it. Um, just this one time, I'm going to release it on social media if I can get any combination of 200 followers between now and Saturday morning. So follow us on X or Twitter or whatever the fuck you call it now at the Master Degen. Also, I'm now on Facebook, Facebook pages to be exact, at The Master Degenerate. I will have updates on both of those, and I'll post any updated pics and thoughts to both on there. You can also reach out to me via email address or any thoughts, concerns, pics, analytics, whatever. Um, send that to the Master Degenerate at Gmail. Dot com. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a like. Give us your love. We appreciate any feedback. 
send it to the email and I will catch you on the next one. See you.